Hello and welcome to It's All in Your Head, a mental health podcast. My name is Eli Henry. I am your host. Before we get started today, I want to remind you that if you or anyone you know or love is having trouble, uh, needs someone to talk to, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. And for my listeners who are in Ontario, Canada, because I know there's many of you, uh, my audio editor, Jesse Morrison, wanted me to make a point of bringing up a COAST, a crisis outreach and support team, part of... um, the Ontario Mental Health Services, and their helpline is uh, 1-800, sorry, 1-866-531-2600. That's 1-866-531-2600. He says they're a great help. Uh, Speaking of Jesse Morrison, real quick, uh, he is the audio editor for this show. He's an immense help to the show. He edits all of these things every week. He makes them sound uh, uh, as best as they can, considering I don't know what I'm doing when I record them. Um... And he uh, is just really on top of it. And he wanted me to say that he is available to do other podcasts. If you want, if you've got a podcast, you're looking for a sound editor, Jesse is the best person you can go to. Uh, the best way to get him is on Twitter. His handle is at Borgdorg. <laughs> so that's B-O-R-G-D-O-R-G, Borgdorg. Uh, Jesse Morrison, get in touch with him if you need help with a podcast. This is episode six, and it's a different episode Um, because at the beginning of the show, I told you there were going to be some episodes that I was going to do that were a little bit off the kind of main path that we've been doing. You know, it's a podcast about mental health and the arts, you know, how uh, mental health affects art and how art affects mental health. And even in the ones where I've you know, explained already that we have gone off the beaten path a little bit, like with Carly talking about working on set with bipolar disorder or you know, down the line you're going to hear Jasmine, a friend of mine, talking about why she quit acting and how her mental health played a part in that. Those are still about individuals. But today's episode, we kind of go to a larger systematic issue. Uh, my guest today is Carl Tart. He is a, a fantastic comedian, sketch performer, improviser out here in L.A., and uh, he posted something on Facebook when I was first starting this podcast that just caught my attention immediately. It was a video about how uh, there's an extremely high mental health stigma in the African-American community. And, you know, it's something that I guess I realized, but I never really ha- you know, thought about because it, it never really affected me too much. Uh, but it, it was just an interesting thing because, you know, you realize there's such a strong stigma just generally, but there's so many layers and so many things that affect the African-American community that, that really um, make it so much harder to deal with mental health. And so Carl posted this video and I asked him, you know, if he had any experience within, you know, his own life. And he was like, not really, but, you know, it's something I want to talk about. And, and so he was kind enough to, you know, do a bunch of research and come on and talk about it. So today's episode, it, it gets a little vague. You know, we talk about a lot of big things, big ideas. It's not as as personal. You know, we do talk about Carl, get to know him, his experiences. But um, overall, this episode, you know, we tackle a big thing like we don't I mean we don't fix it because I mean Jesus if we could fix it in a, in an hour-long conversation then oh, I'd have more of them about more things but I hope it gets you thinking gets you talking and kind of 
for me, you know, I, I already I consider myself to be a very open-minded person. I always listen, I read, I do as much as I can to try and keep myself up to date on the situations of the world. But even I was still blown away by a lot of what we talked about here, and it definitely opened my mind to things I didn't consider. So I really hope that this helps you with that and, and, and gets your mind churning on ways to fix it and, and um, just ways we can make this <laughs> start to make this go away i mean it, it, it's easy to say it's harder to do so give it a listen i hope you enjoy this episode of it's all in your head uh thanks again to carl for being here and uh yeah here we go Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. How are you today? I'm great. Yeah, I'm great. good. That's the most enthusiastic response I've had to that uh, question <laughs> in any recording so far. Dealing with all the people, you know, depressed people. It's like, yeah. how you doing? Ah, oh, you know, man, today. All right. So uh, now, uh, th- just this has been going to be a bit of a different episode than uh, most of the ones I do. Just mm-hmm. for those of you listening at home. Uh, one thing, I'm hungover, so <laughs> I screwed up. Uh, it just kind of snuck up on me. But two, uh, usually, you know, I have guests on who have um, mental health issues, and we talk about their issues in the arts. And uh, uh, But Carl uh, posted a video on Facebook a little while ago that was interesting. Actually, if you want to tell us a little bit about that video, it would be great. Yeah, that video was just basically a statistical video, basically giving the numbers of... Uh, black people in America who don't who suffer from mental health issues but also delving into kind of the history of why we don't get treated for those mental health issues per se right like we don't go to therapy we don't like the stigmas and faux pas within the black community on those things yeah and I thought that'd be interesting to talk about because you know it's something I mean I saw that video and I guess it's something I, I knew but I didn't really didn't really know like yeah. the numbers didn't really think about it that much and it also it, it really um, I think the specific uh, causes for the stigma, I mean, beyond, like, there, there are certain specific uh, 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 historical things we'll get into, but just generally within the community, the, the reasons why that stigma exists, I think exists in every community with the mental health stuff, but is is almost more pronounced and more uh, extreme yeah. there. So it, it, it's really something worth talking about. But I, I'm curious, do you yourself, do you have any mental health issues? Uh, n- not diagnosed. Um, I Just the main ones that we as comedians have, like the insecurities, the normal stuff. You want right. to be accepted by everybody. You want... People to like you, you want that that same thing. You get bummed out when people don't like you. Yeah, would uh, you throw that into like anxiety or uh, depression? Yeah. Where would you put that? I don't think it, w- it would be depression because I, I feel like that's such a serious thing. I don't feel like I suffer from that. I feel like if I were to say that I suffer from that, it would be kind of like disrespectful to the people who really fair enough go into like. I mean, <laughs> you could be you could be a normal, healthy person. That's an yeah. option. That yeah, exists. yeah. It, it I mean, definitely, it, it, it could, I could just be an emotional person or like. Yeah, you know, I mean that just really just like getting bummed out is a normal thing that yeah, people yeah. have. It just it. It depends what causes it. That's, yeah, that's yeah. where it starts to get into those questions. Yeah. So uh, you were saying before uh, we started recording, so you're from Mississippi. I am. Uh, 
Where from? How long were you uh, there? When did you leave? Uh, I'm from a town called Pascagoula, Mississippi, which is on the very bottom of Mississippi. It's on the beach. It's on the Gulf Coast. Uh, it uh, is next to like Mobile, Alabama. It's right on the border of Alabama, mm-hmm. and about an hour and a half east of New Orleans. And so I'm a big Saints fan, big mm-hmm. Pelicans fan. I was there until I was about 10 years old, and I moved back when I was 14, and I stayed for a year, and then came back out here after Hurricane Katrina. That was the year that that right, happened. Right, right, right. And uh, so I came back out here, and uh, yeah, I was. That was my mom was in the industry. Like she wanted to okay. be in the industry. So after she, my mom was very young. So like she, after she graduated high school, when I was born her senior year of high school, mm. and then she went to college. My grandma raised me, but then she started to get uh, Alzheimer's, like dementia oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And so I had to come out here with my mom. And by that time, she had you know started to get a steady like flow of work and stuff like that. What'd so she, she do? Was, she's an actor. Oh okay. Yeah, right. she's an actor. Um, and she's done production and stuff like that for a, a bunch of stuff. But, uh, yeah, she's mostly an actor. And so at that time, uh, she was able to get some steady work and able to bring me out while nice. we, because we had to, you know, put my grandma in a home and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I kind of saw the best of both worlds and saw different right, people for sure. and, I can and a lot of similarities. People yeah, well, I'm curious. Like, what are the, what are the main differences you noticed between – you know, Mississippi and Los Angeles. <laughs> the main, di- I would say the main differences is, uh, well, the segregation is still, is is still, like, in both places. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go south of the 10, you see more black and Hispanic people, south central Los Angeles, all that area. Uh, what they're trying to call Sola now. South Are they trying to call that Sola now? Yeah, South LA. Fucking real estate. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. They're trying because they're trying to move everybody in there, and you see more pink berries on the corners now yeah, and stuff right. like that. But um, cupcake shops. Yeah, <laughs> but at back home, I felt like there is a genuine Southern hospitality that, that's real, and it it even with people who don't share the same views as you, they always respect you. Yeah, until yeah. You, like, I've and. There's a lot of people who don't share the same views. I would consider yeah, that sure. most of the white people in my hometown don't share the same views mm-hmm. as me. But that don't mean that they're racist Ku Klux Klan people. They just see the world in a different way. They don't yeah. see it the way we see it. You know? That is always interesting I've noticed with people from the South. Because you know, I had a roommate who was from the South, and mm-hmm. uh, we definitely had different opinions on most things politically, all that stuff. Um but, you know, he always managed to have a more respectful way of discussing it than I think a lot of my friends from the East Coast. Yeah. Which is interesting because, you know, I'm a very liberal person. I'm a very, you know, left-wing guy. But, I, you know, I, I just find it kind of amazing that most of the people that I know that get really yelly about things mm-hmm. are liberal people. And it's funny, and, and like East Coast liberal people. And it's funny because it's almost like that's the attitude I would expect from yeah. the people I disagree with. Yeah. But it's coming out in this way. It, it, it's weird because it's like this moral high ground that can come from the people that have these really, really, I think, wrong views. Yeah. But they're, you know, speaking in a calm, collected way. Yeah. And then the people they're speaking to are like, no, fuck you. And yeah. it's like, well, how's that supposed to be productive? Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do? It right? is this this far left wing thing that I've been noticing recently, which I can only agree with because I, I get the root of it and I agree with the root of it. But it's like, you know, they all want everybody to be one gray mush of people like like yeah. the like the putty putties from power rangers right. they like they don't want anybody to be different and they don't want anybody to be or i mean but in the in the same way that they're praising everybody who is different they don't want anybody to have an opposing view of that yeah, they don't want, I, and it's like i think it comes from this thing where like a lot of people on the left uh i mean 
there are certain things which are just, I mean, correct. I mean, at a certain yeah. point, there are certain things that, like, views we hold which are right. Yeah. I hate to say, yeah. speak in definites. But I think that's it's this weird thing where they're right, and it, it comes from the spot of uh, trying to get everyone to be okay. Yeah. And we're trying to help. Don't you understand? Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's that kind of rage of, like, no, you're hurting people. We're trying to help. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's absurd. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of weird how that works. Uh, but growing up, so in Mississippi, I'm wondering, like, was, were people open about, uh, you know, maybe things they were going through? Like, was mental health a conversation that ever really came up for you? No. Nothing is a conversation in Mississippi. <laughs> like, it's, it's, we, everybody lives their day hidden and... People know things about you. People assume things about you. But, you know, when people have mental health issues, they're just written off, oh, that he, they're crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're not in their right mind, you mm -hmm. know? And you know that. that That's the, the, the guy walking up and down the street who was a Vietnam veteran who had never seen anything outside of this small town, Mississippi, who was shipped over to Vietnam and saw all this killing and all and this. Shipped back. Yeah, and then yeah. shipped back. And now he's just walking up and down the street shaking. People just go, oh, no, that's just a, that's just a crazy dude. Or... The homosexual man who lives on the street, who was never married to a woman, never like, and, yeah. and, and that's something that people, you know, yeah. he's nice to everybody, and everybody's nice to him, but you know, but the behind closed doors, yeah, they're all like, oh, they're like, oh, you know, Mister So and So right, is right. a lifelong bachelor or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like nothing is a conversation down there. And so, how do you think that specifically impacts the black community out there? Um, like, is it is it more pronounced? Yeah, I definitely think it's 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 a it's a a strength that. We gain. Well, I guess we kind of got to go to the beginning to yeah. Let's really talk, let's get into it. that video a little bit more. And yeah, and talk about uh, it. that video itself. I uh, I didn't watch it recently, but I watched some other stuff. Yeah, let's start with slavery. You know, and let's start there. Yeah, we have that. That's how African like African Americans got to this country mm -hmm. um, through the slave trade and how that impacted us as a people, which is still impacting us to this day. Trauma. You know what that is. That's when, you know, you are inflicted with some sort of pain that is supposed to be hurting you, supposed to be demeaning you, supposed yeah. to be. It's, it's a trauma. So we have, we experienced that for, you know, from the first slaves arrived in this country, I think in 1619 or something like that. And were, but that wasn't where the slave trade started. The slave trade started earlier in like the 1500s. Mm -hmm. And people were taken to the countries we know now was like the Caribbean and the yeah. West Indies and stuff like that and all over, you know. And so families were broken up in Africa and people were taken several places. And then in about 1619, the first slaves arrived on this continent. And uh, it was, you know, traumatic. It was, it was, it was, they, they, it was, they were snatched from their homes and were brought here and treated, treated like, like in literal like, animals yeah, not like humans not right. humans literally that was written in text that mm -hmm. we are three-fifths of people you know right, right, right. and so uh and this this is stuff like they didn't write that stuff it's back weird then that they would say three-fifths of people and not just like go to zero like why if they're if they're at that <laughs> point demeaning you that much yeah yeah but they like, they well they do have eyes and like you oh, know for fuck's <laughs> sake. Yeah. So, so yeah we were labeled as as three-fifths human beings and this came later yeah. This is like this might even be after slavery when this when this text came out. Yeah, yeah. But throughout slavery, but it's a constant history of demeaning. And yeah, 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 yeah. Throughout throughout history, you know, during the slavery uh, period, we uh, had to rely on personal strength. You know, mm -hmm. but uh, because we were constant the, fight or flight. Yeah, 
Except and there was no option for there was, flight. There was no option. There was no option. And there was, you know, there was revolts. There was a lot of revolts that people don't talk about. But, mm-hmm. but I think the most famous one is probably Nat Turner's revolt. But they got a lot of people got away. Uh, you know, Sir John Truth and Harriet Tubman snuck people out and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. And went up to, like, Nova Scotia and stuff like that. Yep. It's really interesting. Uh, are there a lot of black people in Nova Scotia? Have you been there? I haven't been to Nova Scotia. Okay. Uh, my instinct says no. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of slaves went there. I mean, th- there might be. I mean, the thing is, Canada's just got... It's 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 very multicultural in certain spots mm-hmm. and very not in other in, a, in most yeah. other spots. Oh, man, I watched that documentary. Sorry for the side note. But I watched no, that right. documentary on the dude, uh, Terry... Oh, Terry Fox. Terry Fox. And people were... The way people treated him, I was like, "This is a white dude. He's just missing a leg." Yeah. Like, why is everybody like, "Get away from me!" Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I know. It's crazy how. For those people... of you that don't know about Terry Fox, he was a, a, a an athlete. He got cancer and uh, lost a leg, um, and uh, he did a run across Canada. Uh, and yeah, no, it's it's crazy. He's uh, it was on a in, prosthetic in nineteen eighty, which yeah, is like yeah. And my mom actually, you know, she's from New York, but she had moved to Canada at that time. Mm-hmm. She told me she remembered seeing him uh, run by, and wow. it was very emotional. Yeah, and now every year, actually, schools do the Terry Fox Run, oh, nice. which is to raise money for uh, cancer research. Yeah. Uh, but That's yeah, that, crazy. Was, that was like the saddest one. Like I can't watch that thirty for thirty ever again. I know, <laughs> like, it was so I know. sad. But um, and that one like Lynn Bias who died, the basketball player who got drafted to the Celtics and died, like, the night of the draft uh, of, a, of a cocaine overdose. Oh, jeez, I don't yeah. remember that. Uh, you got to do a lot of cocaine to overdose on cocaine. It was, it was like, the purest, like, Jesus. stuff. But um, he, uh, so, during slavery, like, you know, you had these, it, it, that was 200 years of trauma. You know? Yeah, and it was 200 mm-hmm. years of, of uh, like, you know, that's generations born into trauma and yeah. born into being told that you're not, You've got no worth. Yeah, you know? and it starts from the like very be- beginning. Like when the Africans came here, they stripped them of their language. They weren't allowed to speak their language. They weren't allowed to uh, use their actual names. They gave them names. Uh, they like, which is why all of black people now have names like Jackson and Johnson and mm-hmm. Williams because they were the, the slave uh, yeah. owner names. Yeah, yeah. and so um, like. They, they they took their language away. They took all that. So now they're raising children that they can't even teach that stuff to. And they're teaching them this American identity, which they don't know. Yeah. And, and so, then those children grow up to not have to, yeah, not have, have that to teach either. No training, no training. So then once slavery was ended in 1865... It got worse almost. Like it kind of like on a very small, much smaller level. Yeah, it's level. like you, congratulations, you're free to this culture that's not yours. Exactly. Yeah. And and on a much smaller level, you you saw it again with uh, Barack Obama's first presidency because people thought, oh look, we're done. The country we did voted. it. We did it. Yeah. We got a black president, and those people who were just as scared as they were. Like, oh no, they're taking the country. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be bad. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're taking. We gotta make America great again. Those people who exactly, are saying that yeah, shit yeah. is like the same people that were when slavery was over. They started seeing us. They stopped seeing. It's a show that I do at Second City right now about the history of blacks and the police. Mm-hmm. And one of the lines in the show is they stopped seeing us as loyal, obedient servants and started seeing us as the boogeyman coming to take everything that they had. Yeah, because I mean, they were like for years. <laughs> oppressing and and being horrible and then now it's like oh they're free yeah free like me yeah to do whatever yeah they're gonna be pissed yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah so and some of them were 
yeah. but also that's where that's that's how you know the prison system started exactly. like exactly right then when when we were free they was like we still got to find a way to control them so they had sharecropping where because these people were so out of their minds after slavery ended that they really didn't know what to do they had a stockholm syndrome they didn't want to leave the master Mm-hmm. Like some people, mm-hmm. like slavery technically was ended in 1865, but there was no internet, there was no phones, there was no like they people didn't know. Some people were slaves until like 1880. Yeah, like, and 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 we're like, wait a second, people are free. Yeah, like, they freed the slaves, but no one was walking around being like, all right, everyone, free your slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it was it, they were like so so they uh, they stayed on those plantations. The plantation owners was like, oh, if you guys want to come, like you guys are free, you can go. Mm-hmm. But if you want to stay here and just you know keep going, keep work, and you can't, we, we'll do a, a share. Like we'll we'll split the the, the crop, we'll split the crops. Like right, right, right. You take half out. Uh, you take thirty percent of the crops. I take sixty, mm-hmm. and I sell them. So they still weren't being paid, and they were still doing all this man's work. And he was saying like, okay, you can have a couple of yeah sweet potatoes, plants, like, exactly. and and you can live on the land. And that, and so like the way that affects mental health down the line is, I mean. It just starts, it start. I mean, it starts from a place of trauma to trauma to trauma, generations of it. Yeah. And it continues into, I mean, a constant fight. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're told freedom and then, well, I mean, the right to vote. and Like, it, it's insane. It's just, it, 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 it compounds. Yeah. And then, so how else did that, going into more, I guess, modern times, mm-hmm. I mean, how else did that start to uh, impact people? Well, I mean, because the, the trauma never stopped. Like, think about... Uh, once we got into the 1910s and 1920s, uh, there were still a t- like the, that's when the police enacted all these laws, segregation, the, the segregation of laws, the the Jim, Crow. the Jim Crow South, everything that was, and then people like people talk about L.A. being oh the the, the dreamland, like because a lot of people moved from the South out here in the 40s and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then even when you got here, black people couldn't come past like Central Avenue and. Uh, like I don't even know what what like Manchester almost like mm. like now where all black people are was all white people you can look go back and look at like Compton College yeah, pictures yeah, from yeah. back then and it's all white people and Inglewood High School and Hawthorne High School and Manuel Arts High School which is now like in the dead center of the hood like only blacks and Hispanics go to this school like no right. white kids are at this school uh th- th- like those were all white mm. and black people had you know the certain schools that they went to and. So it was still a ton of segregation, even within this city. That's how gangs got started. It's crazy how segregation is over, but, like, come on. You know, I mean, like, you still look at, like you said, it's like these neighborhoods are segregated. Yeah, no, it's still, like... And so that that otherness still exists and impacts people. And yeah, and, and so I guess when you say when you talk about, I mean, one of the things from that the, the video, and I'm I'm keep going to that because that's just the the launching point. Yeah, yeah. Is the um, sense of that otherness and lack of trust in uh, the uh, medical community to a yeah. large degree. We'll go to the hospital. I mean, well, not all people, but nowadays, black mm-hmm. people will go to the hospital if we broke a leg. And, you have to. Yeah, like, if, if you there's have no to. other option. Yeah. Yeah, you'll go. But even in like my grandpa, like never went to the hospital for anything. And a lot of black people still don't go to the hospital. And that's because, I mean, for a long time, it was, it was you know, black people weren't allowed to get educated in the right way, so there weren't a ton of black doctors. No, no. There so was it was basically like you had to go into the... Into you the, had to go put your trust in, in the guys who really... Hate you. Yeah. You trust them? Who hate yeah. you. Like, like, my uncle, my grandpa went blind because he just, like... Glaucoma? Yeah. 
Yeah. You just never. That, that's actually something that's that's really. Cl- I, I uh, I've got a lot of eye problems, mm-hmm. and they thought I had glaucoma beginning of this year. I didn't, but mm-hmm. you know, luckily. But looking through it and doing research on it, I found out that like you know, it, glaucoma specifically affects mainly older black men. Yeah. And the only way I knew that I almost had glaucoma was because I regularly get my eyes checked and mm-hmm. get my eye pressure checked. And, you know, glaucoma is when your eye pressure is real high and then it, you know, causes blindness. But the thing is, the only reason I knew my eye pressure was high is because I already had eye problems and I came from Canada where I was already getting all that shit. But, you know, you think about out here, if you're going to go to the doctor, if yeah. you don't have a lot of money, if you're in a, you know, problem situation, if you're going to go to the doctor, it's going to be for, like you said, broken leg, whatever. Yeah. You're not going to go shell out money just to get your eyes checked for pressure. And, like, what community does that affect the most? Yeah. It's the one that is having the most problems <laughs> from this and at the highest risk. It, it's just really upsetting. Yeah, we got the highest risk of heart disease, highest risk of, yeah. you know, sickle cell, highest risk, all this stuff that, that, that we're at super high risk for. But, you know, people don't trust the doctor. Because there, there was a time, and people heard of the Tuskegee experiment? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, like stuff like that, where it was like they literally were using black people as pawns to test vaccines and to test diseases on. And it's funny because there are all these people that are like uh, – you know, they would hear that. You know, there are people that just don't understand the idea of systematic racism and institutionalism. Yeah, yeah. And they'll say, like, well, that's stupid. Just go to the doctor. And it's like, yeah, well, now, sure. But yeah. you understand why, like, yeah. that's a little bit of a stretch to just say, well, just go. Yeah. And that's another reason why we don't go to psychiatry. Well, that's because that, that's, I think, like, viewed as a luxury to a large degree. Yeah. Because well, that, that's where I think the, the stigma crosses over and why I think it's, it's just a more extreme circumstance in the black community. But everyone views going to a psychiatrist, going to a therapist as a luxury. Yeah. Like everyone does. That's, yeah. that's the big common trait. You talk to a lot of people uh, uh, who have, you know, depression or whatever. They're like, Oh, I don't want to burden anybody. And that's cause that's the whole nature of the disease. It's yeah. like, Oh, I don't want to burden. It's nights. Nice. I'll deal with it. You know, it's all this. And viewing it as a luxury, you know, in the white community is one thing, but I can only imagine it like it's more, how, it's, how extreme that yeah. is there. Too. You look at, you look at, you look at, therapy as like something that white people do simply because they have like a rich person oh i need to go complain about all my problems exactly you know whereas like black people will say man i can handle my problems mm-hmm. and they don't even like they don't even know what's going on with them yeah and you know even like and also we weren't given that luxury we weren't given the option to be considered normal and be considered hey this is a, a mental issue that you're having let's figure out a way to fix it right no we were seen as savages. So when they when they saw when 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 we had issues, what do they do? They throw us in jail. Right. Like, think about it now. What everybody's arguing now, all these Facebook memes and stuff, talk about Dylan. Uh, Dylan Roof. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Roof. Shot up the I was gonna say Dylan Booth, but that's that's, that's a, a good a friend guy. of mine. Yeah. Different shooter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dylan Booth. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> oh, is that a guy? Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, I thought you were just combining uh, Dylan Roof and. Uh, um, uh, Booth, the guy that shot Lincoln. Oh, John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, yeah no. that's why I thought you were no, no, com- no, no, combining no. two racist uh, gunmen. Yeah, no, nah, Dylan Booth is a real guy. He's an improviser and sketch guy. Uh, okay, let's let's uh, put that on record. Dylan yeah. Booth is not a shooter. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so like the Dylan Roof kid, the, the Aurora shooting, or Timothy McVeigh, or mm-hmm. like all these people who committed these acts against people, uh, and all people. Like Dylan Roof happened to have shot black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Aurora guy shot white people in Colorado. Uh, Tim Demi they blew up all types of people. And all of them get the luxury and get the option to be seen as, oh my God, something was wrong with them. And they just didn't get the right help. Yeah. Whereas 
the guy who just shot up Orlando or the uh, dude who was shooting people at gas stations in, in Washington, D.C., Lee, Lee Malvo, John Lee Malvo, right. and those guys. Like, those those guys don't get that. Like, no, they're immediately written off. As, immediately uh, written off. It's like, black people are crazy. Like, yeah, they, well, yeah, even it's like, uh-huh. hey, well, hold on. One of those guys was like a brown dude. It's like, no, yeah. black people are crazy. Yeah. yeah uh, Muslim, Muslims, are, Muslims are trying to... And, and, I, I actually I had a Lyft driver last night who is a Trump supporter. Yeah. Uh, he was one of those, like... He didn't come right out. and He wasn't one of those Make America Great Again Trump supporters, but yeah. he was one of those... Uh, it's time for a change. Uh, devil's advocate. Yeah. Devil's advocate closet Trump supporters. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, because I said something about how, like, you know, Bernie lost, but I'm going to, you know, I'll hold my nose and vote for Hillary. I don't have a problem. Look, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I don't want to, you know, it's not often you have the chance to stop actual Hitler. So that's yeah, what yeah. I was, but he was like, uh, oh, you're not going to hold your nose and vote for Trump? I was like, uh, no, because I'd have to hold a lot more than my goddamn nose yeah. to vote for <laughs> yeah. Trump. But he was saying this stuff about, he started talking about the guy in Orlando. It's like, I'm just saying, you know, it's these Muslims. They're all doing it. Christians don't do that. I was like, what about Dylan Roof? What about, uh, and I started naming all those other ones. He was like, those guys were Christians? I was like, well, they weren't Muslims. I mean, at this point, like, what's your point? And they were Christians. Yeah, exactly. Like, at at the end of the day, maybe they weren't, like, saying, like, praise Jesus, and then shooting all these people, but still, like. Anyway, you didn't even have the dudes who were up in Oregon, like taking over that. Oh, that, that was, that's the most insane thing in recent American history. Yeah. Those, those. Those idiots that took over a, a national fucking, basically a shack. Yeah. And then beat each other up because they're a bunch of angry, testosterone-filled morons. Yeah. Like, it's... It, who it's, need help? They need who our need help. help. They need help. They Don't, need our yeah. help. Exactly, you know? They... And I then, mean, they all need our help. That's the thing. Is like, they, I, I think what you're saying is like, yeah, th- those guys get the luxury of being told, like, oh, their mental health. They didn't need to get the help, and these other guys are being thrown under the bus as just being lunatics. Yeah, who and are criminals? Criminals. Like, but the thing is, it's like they need to be. They all need to be talked about. Yeah. in that way. This exactly. Orlando, this Orlando shooting dude may have been a Muslim, but he was fucking gay. By, Oh, he was gay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he didn't know how to deal. He was going just to check out the club yeah. several times, and he saw guys kiss. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's. I mean, that's one of the things I had a conversation with that guy last night, because, you know, he was a Trump supporter, but I was as pleasant as I could be. Because, yeah. uh, like I said, I'm not one of those guys that's like, fuck you, yeah. man, because like, that's not going to solve anything. And also, I think you and I both know, or maybe you don't, but I, my theory is Trump, is Trump is such a snake oil salesman, and he's going to get in, in that office if, even if he he has a, well, he's not he going to get no, that office, hold on now. but he has a big chance of winning now, like because of this Orlando thing, because he took credit for. It. He's using this subjective language. He's using a certain language to manipulate these people so well. Yeah, that dude's good at what he does, man. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I think for I don't think he's going to win just because like electoral college. I don't see it happening. Like, I, I hope mean, not. how but. can you win? How can you win? Like they, that the one thing everyone says is like, well, to win the presidency, you need the Hispanic vote. I don't think you can get that if you're calling all of them rapists. Yeah, yeah, but there's but people, it's America. There's people on this. We'll see. And and that's another thing. Like <laughs> even how Hispanics are, you know, there's a lot of Hispanic people who don't like black people. Like that's right. a, like a huge thing. And so there's they a lot will. Of black people that like Trump too is kind of a weird crossover. <sighs> if you, there are a lot of people int- that like everything that make no sense. Introduce me to one, I'll fight them all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 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 bizarre, man. A it's whole it's very world. bizarre place. But with that being said, like like in the nineteen twenties and thirties and forties, there was studies that were being done. Like I, I mentioned this a, a while back with a friend of mine, how the scientists, well, scientists in quotations, came out with a study and said like a a ten year old white kid who goes into a store and steals candy needs to be coddled. Something's wrong at home. His father's not showing him enough love. His mother's not doing this. His, right, his, right. He doesn't have the right environment around him. 
black kid does it, that's just his nature. That's what he's gonna do. Black kids are gonna they're gonna go and start. Sorry, you said me. scientist in quote. I think you meant to put asshole. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, and and that's so yeah. that's literally like that's more the trauma. That, but that's that's just kind of fascinating thing about like science in that sense. Well, science. I mean, I think if you study any group and you just like you, let's say there's a room full of fifty white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take 25 of them and study them specifically as this group, Group A, yeah. and you start looking for that shit and treat like expecting that, mm-hmm. you're gonna make up bullshit in your head. Yeah, and that's what it is with that. It's like you know, looking at the black kid and saying, "Oh, it's in his nature." It's like, well, maybe that's just because you were looking for it to be in his yeah. fucking nature. They both stole the candy. Yeah, they like, both stole the candy. Like they both did it. But uh, the white kid gets the luxury of being like, he was a good kid. I don't know what, like, he's like. So, I mean, so, okay. So then in terms of preventing or, or, or causing a stigma to, to keep black people out of therapy and, mm-hmm. and, and, or, or that keeps them, not to keep them, but keeps yeah. them out. I mean, how does that manifest? Like, how have you seen that, you know, in your own life? Have you seen that with other people? Like any friends? Like, if, like when I asked you about Mississippi and about that mm-hmm. being open, I'm curious if, you know, coming here and, and being obviously in the arts and it's a more open community. And I think in the arts, we're more like, you know, there are more people like this just because we're more attracted to this kind yeah, of work because yeah. it is so emotional. Do you have more open conversations about that now? Do you have any friends that are like an exception to this rule that, that have fought that and go see therapists or try to? Or? Yeah, I have friends who go see therapists, but also like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of my friends who I've dealt with growing up, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a more like upper upper class black like even right. though I grew up in bad neighborhoods my mom never wanted me to be in, in that in that so yeah. in that in that stuff. so I saw the best of both worlds I saw but I, I got and to so see, what's the difference there though I mean in terms of like specifically with the way people deal with the problems uh the black people in the in the much poorer communities don't have health insurance right so they don't have the luxury of they can barely go to the doctor it's, it's mm-hmm. like a running joke in black uh in, in black culture to be like everything that's wrong with you your mom just tells you to go lay down go take a nap <laughs> go take a nap <laughs> I ain't got time to deal with it that's mom funny. I broke my leg go take a nap just lie down yeah yeah you're fine yeah so, that's kind of funny my, when I grew, was growing up it was uh, uh, shut up yeah <laughs> you're fine yeah you're fine shut up every time she did that though I actually had something really wrong with yeah me. <laughs> stop whining yeah uh yeah, so but, but in the I, upper I, but in the upper class community was it more like so people had health insurance they would go but in terms of that um, they still didn't go to therapy though that's what I'm saying like yeah. systematically like because that was ingrained culturally yeah how were the like you know like if somebody had is getting really depressed or someone's having like a real episode having bad anxiety yeah what's what happens like how do you guys talk like do they, they talk to your friends or they just hold it they in just hold keep it, it in? in they keep it in you don't talk about it because how does that be manifest strong. like what is that do you they end up having outburst and going mm-hmm. crazy i think one thing we haven't even had a chance to talk about this whole podcast is the plight of the black woman oh who i sure. feel like has it the worst in this world i, I really do yeah that's the, like two shit cards yeah yeah and, and and what she's had to go through all throughout these years and the, and the trauma of being in slavery like being raped by the slave master and then Having the child, having the child being taken away, sometimes killed because it was a, a product a of what it was, kid, yeah. yeah. Uh, ha- uh, or just watching her husband and her sons get beaten, lynched during the 1960s, or watching her daughters get raped, or watching then you know 1980s come, watching her whole community that you know she helped build go down this path of crack cocaine, and and that was put in place by and watching all of her sons go to jail for selling it, or her husbands get killed or just over. Being- being somewhere 
Like, yeah. You know, bad, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And, 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 you know, with the drug laws that came with Ronald Reagan, who a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists say he was the one that put the drug into the community and then immediately made the laws like 100 to 1 or something like that, like like a 25 to 1 or something. Whereas if you got caught with an 8 ball of cocaine, you get slapped on the wrist. But if you get caught with uh, 2 ounces of crack, which is not even close to being an 8 ball of cocaine, you get like 15 years well, in prison. with weed. I mean, the fact that you can get caught with like a gram of weed yeah. And weed is Schedule One. Yeah. Next to heroin. Yeah. Like I smoke weed. I don't smoke weed anymore because it gives me a panic attack. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I'm not gonna. You know, you do heroin, you might die. Yeah. I think right. it's it's physically impossible to die from an overdose of weed. Yeah. And that's it's the same thing, and that it directly impacts the black community because like that's the thing is like you know, uh, uh, white people, black people smoke weed at the same rate, especially teenagers yeah. smoke at the same rates. But if a white kid gets caught with weed, it's like uh, the cop takes it and can run along. Yeah. Black kid gets caught with weed. Welcome to prison and being fucked over for the rest of your life. Cause now you have a prison. Now you, have a prison uh, you can't a get a job. Record. You can't live in public yeah. housing. You can't like, and it's, it's so much that, that goes into that. And, and therapy is just like, they've yeah, always like been, where, where in there, where is there room and all that for therapy? You don't think about it. You don't yeah. think about therapy because you think about how strong you had to be over this whole time. You think of and and there's so many issues, like just with parents to children, to parents to children, to parents to children, yeah. and you don't you don't think about going to talk to somebody because also only two percent of therapists in this country are African American, mm-hmm. only four percent of social workers are African American. So when you go to these people, think about when I say something to somebody on the street and I go, oh man, I I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to go in that place. Like they're weird. Like yeah, why not? Why not do? They Come on, do you? You're tripping out. Like it's not even a thing. Like nobody's yeah. thinking about that, bro. Stop making everything about race. And it's like Ugh. I can't. Like that's like the the sentence that bums me out the most because oh, people yeah. just don't get it. Stop so, making things about race. It's like yeah. just like you just black out. And like oh yeah. So wake you, up with blood on your hands. Yeah. Saying, oh my god. <laughs> and, and again, so, again. Yeah. Uh, I hate this person. Yeah. And so it, yeah, it's 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 that thing. Stop making a thing about race. And it's like a lot of people don't even want you to talk about it. They don't want you to it even makes them mention it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's still the, well, the wanna, worst thing to say because I, I don't make on. everything about race. I have a very happy life. Yeah. Like, that I lead. <laughs> sounds sounds pretty solid. Yeah, I ask awesome. you how you're doing today. You're like great, great. I'm yeah, doing great. Gonna go play basketball after gonna, this. You're yeah. Time. Uh, okay. I want to I want to move in because you know this is a we do talk about the arts on here and I, uh, this has been fascinating. But I want to move into just talk to me about white women. In which for those of you listening at home, that's the name of uh, Carl's uh, comedy group. Yeah. I'm not asking him just to talk about white women. It's yeah. the name of. His I group. can do both, but <laughs> I. Uh, uh, but it's a group of just yeah. Tell me about white women and and what you guys do. Uh, white women is uh, a group of seven black dudes. Uh, it is it's a great me, name. It's uh, myself, Ronnie Adrian, Zeke Nicholson, Majid Nami, Lamar Woods, Ishmael Saheed, and Ifi Nwadiwe. Uh, I think that's seven. Yeah, I named six people. Uh, and Carl Tart. Yeah, and Carl Tart, and which is me. And we started at UCB. We're all UCB dudes. And I was a Second City guy actually, but I knew Ronnie just from doing the jam and stuff because mm-hmm. I kind of. Fell in love with improv once I started doing it, nice. and uh, was bouncing around to all the schools and stuff. Um, and we started because when we all got into this improv community, like from I would say 2008 to now, the back then there was no black people doing it. Like we were the only ones. Improv you- is probably one of the whitest yeah. things. Like it- in terms of like. Uh, you talk about therapy being like a really white thing. Yeah, improv is like 
blindingly white. Yeah. yeah. When 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 a black kid said he wants to go into comedy, immediately he goes to what his people who influenced him go to stand up. Stand up. Yeah. And you know, Pryor Murphy, Pryor Murphy, Chris shit. Rock, Martin Lawrence, like they all did stand up. They didn't do improv. I'm influenced by all those guys, and I wanted mm-hmm. to go into comedy because of them. And I started hanging out at a stand up club, and it was the worst environment. Talk about mental health. Yeah, right? that's something. <laughs> it was the worst environment of people, <laughs> and I was like, I can't be around this. I, I went to see. I, I went uh, to see a friend. She, you know, conned me into going to a bringer show. Mm-hmm. She was very upfront about it. Con yeah. is a wrong word, uh, but it was a show at the comedy store or. Uh, yeah, comedy store one night, and I swear to God, there were nine comics, eight of them were dudes, or sorry, seven of them were dudes, and six of those dudes all said at one point, I just recently got out of a relationship, yeah. and I just was sitting there going like, smart women, yeah. like, get yeah. out of there. But <laughs> exactly. they, they were, and they were like, like, they would do this hacky ass crowd work of like, mm-hmm. you know, I was there on a date. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't oh, no. do that. I would never. But they were like looking at everybody on dates being like, hey, you uh, women, you here with these guys? Fuck these men. Fuck these men for buying these tickets. And I'm like, for buying these tickets? Yeah. And also fucking gr- shut up. Yeah. Please shut up. Anyway, but yes, stand up is a weird world. But, yeah. uh, so, so you guys started, you, you felt that you saw the need. You yeah. Saw that. And, we, and we, we all had been the one black guy on right. each of our teams. And when we met each other, like they met in a black history show and they thought of the idea to let's, let's form a group. And there wasn't that many all-black groups at that time. There was, like, Tuskegee Experiment, which is a group that... It's a hell of a name. Yeah, it was great. Some some cool cats. But then, like, also, you know, there's, like, Marshall Gibbons and Echo Kellum and those dudes, Colton Dunn and Brandon Johnson and Jerry Miner. And they were all kind of, you know, pieced around. And Colton puts together the Black History Month show every month to bring all the black people in the community together. And and any minority, really. It's not like you you have to be black to do the show. But... Um, that's just based on what's a focus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we, st- we, f- we started the group, and it was automatically like a kinship of a voice of people who had kind of never really fit in right. with their perspective groups. Now, I grew up around all black people, but I was always a little nerdy for them. Mm. Not nerdy, I mean, I played sports, I, w- I was, uh, but they, I just was goofy. I wasn't like, because it, it was you a know, comedy guy. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and, and they, and they, you know, it was that thing growing up, that thing of what Bill Cosby always talked about was like backpack super skinny and, you right, know, right, like right. learning was not something that was pushed. School was something that you had to do for them. Like they wanted to get out in the world, but they all had dreams and goals, but they didn't have the right direction to take to give them those dreams. And goals. Where do you think the, the, the comedy came from from you? For me? Yeah, the goofiness. Where do you think uh, that was? It the fact, your mom was an actor. You think it was... I think when I was younger, I used to have to entertain myself a lot because, like, like I said, my mom was young. My grandma right. wanted her to uh, pursue her stuff, so I was being raised by a woman who went to sleep every day at 7 o'clock. And so, like, she would pick me up from school. I'd come home and sit and just watch cartoons all day and watch Power Rangers and VR Troopers and Goosebumps and stuff, and I was just a goofy kid. Like, I loved making people laugh. I remember, yeah. like, even when I was, when I was younger... And uh, Home Depot used to play taking care of business. Like yeah, I would just around. like do that bit and like moon people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody thought that was really funny that I would do. I was never like an attention hog. I was always very shy. Oh yeah, I think but, that's pretty common. Yeah, in that world. But I always was goofy, and when I could make people laugh, it's kind of funny that it. it's kind of funny that that because I was like that too. Is like I like to make people laugh and do stuff, but I was very shy. Yeah. And it's like the kid version of. 
you know, doing a show and then being like, I got to go backstage and, you know, chill out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's that's what, like, these big performers do. They, like, go out stage and then they, like, try to rush to their car and get out. That's what the kid's doing. They're, like, moon somebody be like, please, no no, no photos. I got yeah, yeah. to take a minute. Yeah, this girl uh, that I'm kind of hanging out with hit me with that. She's She kind of, like, analyzed me and she was like, I feel like you have the ability to control the stage with ease, but a real issue with one-on-one intimacy. Yeah, right. And I'm like, probably, yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Oh, and you just just disproved her right away. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Uh, uh, no, I, I immediately was like, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, well, so you guys, so you started on improv, and, and you've been doing more sketch, mm-hmm. and I've seen some of your stuff, and, and so you do tackle social issues Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a fair bit, and... I mean, when did that start? Did that just start out of like a necessity to do that, or is it just what interests you? Like, where, it, where did that it's what interests us. Cause like I said, we found that kinship with that voice, and it's what interests us in the way of uh, we have a specific voice that is we can out white these white people, <laughs> but we're also very black. Like, what do you mean by out white? Meaning, I'm like, curious. okay, so a lot of. In, in the alternative community, mm. which is not racist, like I wouldn't say that these people are. It's it's bizarro it's, racist. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's like these people would, we would do bits on stage with our all white groups and everybody is kind of like, what? Like, oh, that's I offensive. Don't, that's, I don't get it. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like, we, and we wouldn't get, and we couldn't do or like, like oh, they're playing a ghetto character again. They're right. like, again. And it's like again, you play the same fucking character every show. Yeah. Like, like you, you don't a get Jewish it. Jewish mother again. Yeah, you know, like exactly again, that. you're doing this again. Like because that's what you know, right? So why is it bad when I do it, but it's so smart when you do it? Uh, and so we found a way. But but we also when when I say out white is like I know all those references you're gonna drop. Right. I know all that. I know who uh, like Culture Club is. I I know who the Smiths are. But do you know? Who uh, eight ball and MJG is? You know, like like like. So why is eight ball and MJG a bad thing to drop? Mm -hmm. But because it makes you feel like an idiot. Yeah, why exactly? Yeah, and so that's why I say like out white. I got you. Because like we know, you know the white the white improv games, the white improv logic. I know that stuff. Yeah, the the alt community is weird. Like I'll tell you, the number of times I've been at an open mic and I've seen a white guy stand on stage. Yelling at other white guys about how we got us, you know, white guys are the worst. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, man, but like, why are you saying this? Yeah. Anyway, but <laughs> it's, yeah, we've it's been like, at those you know, shows too. White people, right? Am I'm I like, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. Exactly. <laughs> That's uh, funny. But uh, yeah, so. Like, so yeah, you did that video a while ago. I remember um, the, was it the, the Facebook profile? Or no, it was the picture for if you get shot. Uh, oh, we'll yeah, put out yeah. a better a better photo. Yeah, the real you. The real yeah. you. Yeah, I wasn't in that one. I was still in Amsterdam when that was going on, uh, right. which is a whole nother part part two. Part two. Is <laughs> like, talk about uh, just being well, that was Amsterdam. That, they've got that festival with the. Uh, oh, it's Vart to Pete. Yeah, yeah Svart Pete. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, that's that shit. For those crazy. of you that don't know about Svart Pete, that's mm-hmm. just a little man in blackface. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 they, Santa and they say, Claus? oh, it's, a, it's because of the chimney. It's like, oh, well, the chimney Is don't give you... Is it because of the chimney? Br- the chimney don't give you bright red lips and afro and gold earrings. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a dope chimney if it yeah, does that. Yeah, Fuck. exactly. All right, so uh, how... I mean, okay, I'm curious to just... I mean, we've obviously... We usually go an hour, so we've got a little mm-hmm. bit of time left. And I've got a lot of questions. Um, how's... how We've talked a little bit about how it's received, mm-hmm. but I mean, when you've done... Like what? I guess what's the most biting like social satire thing you've done on stage, 
in like what is I'm guessing a majority white audience usually at like a lot of these comedy shows. And how is that generally received whenever you do anything like people like us now. Biting? People like us now. I, I can't think of the the most biting thing we've done. We've done a few. I wrote a bit uh, called New Girlfriend, which was I came out like so so one of the stigmas that are get placed on black men in this community by a lot of people, especially black women, is we only date white girls, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's something that we've embraced because people say that about white women all the time. Frankly, because for a while... About the troop white women. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, because at a time, the people who had girlfriends in the group and the people who were seeing certain girls in the group, they were all, all white. white. Like, but but that's who we see in this community. Like, yeah, that's, that's who... Like, and, you know, uh, so... We we got that thing, so we made. I, I wrote a bit called a "New Girlfriend" one time, where I would, where I came out and I was like, "Yeah, that's right. I got a black girlfriend." And everybody gasped, <gasps> like, and, and 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 I'm like, "Yeah, now I'm not doing improv no more. Improv is the white man's comedy. I'm doing urban stand up. I'm changing my name. I'm not called Tart no more. Now my name is that nigga funny, and like like just stupid shit like that. And then yeah. I'm like, "You guys want to see my girlfriend?" Yeah, let's see this girl. And I turn on the picture on the overhead screen. It's Rachel Dolezal. Oh, Jesus, I didn't even, that's I didn't, amazing. I didn't even know that she was uh, a, a white a, person. A like transracial. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit that is. Uh, I, I, you know, I gotta. Sometimes I gotta respect. That. I know it's not. It's not a popular opinion amongst black women. But I'm like, hey, man, we. If she, if that's how she identifies, yeah, I, mean, like, I heard. I we heard, have to respect that. I heard a lot of people in the black community were just like. Fuck her, but, you know, she did a lot of good. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of a weird thing because it is such a bizarre, that's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, why right. would yeah. you do that? But maybe that's, like, I mean, I don't I, I don't want to open up this can of worms. But, right. you know, with the whole transgender thing going on right now, it's like some people could say the same thing. It's so bizarre. Well, that, that's the that? thing. That's, that's something I find that's different. I, I read a really good article from a, a trans woman about that, about why, uh, transracial and transgender are not the same thing because uh, your race is not like gender is something like that's hugely the the, the the way it's looked at is that it's it's hugely influenced culturally like mm-hmm. what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman is really just because of social norms and what's been pushed and what's been done and it's like you know it's men have to be strong because society has said that and women you know so that that's it but race is just such a like you know you can be you're black your parents were black mm-hmm. you know but you're a man but it's not because it was passed down not because it's passed down you know what i mean it's it's those interesting things like they're those different obviously i'm not the one to make yeah. the no i've already talked about. to trans people about this and i have no no biases against it yeah. when it comes to like man that shit is weird no it, yeah, exactly. it, that ain't like me but it is I it's did, a lot to wrap your head like, around uh, joan ford is a trans person yeah. in our community and I've, I've talked to her about it and like just like i told her straight out, i was like look man it's just something that i don't understand like is and so i would love to like understand, understand it. it like because because i want to be respectful to everybody I don't, yeah. I don't have so and and so i get it but you just like you said it's not it's not passed gender is not passed down but we do have these gender specific organs and stuff like that yeah so. but i mean it's all in the brain i mean that's that's the thing it's 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 all these bizarre things i that's i've had this conversation a bunch it's uh it it's it's interesting i, I think that's a big part of and we we're talking you know kind of circling back to liberal stuff mm-hmm. but it's an interesting thing where i've made the joke with friends because i'm very liberal i'm strong feminist and i always read up on everything but it gets exhausting to be up on everything because there's always a lot to there's always more stuff yeah to know and that's the best i can do is uh is just 
listen. Because like my, my writing partner put it best. Because um, we were talking about, you know, just uh, people who identify certain ways, and you know uh, how we're confused, and the idea of like, uh, so they are a uh, uh, they identify as a woman, but um, are you know dress and uh, dress like a man. You know, um, attracted to. Uh, women, but only women that can see them as a woman mm-hmm. and have to be straight women. And like, there's this whole thing. And I'm like, I, I was saying like, I, I, that's very confusing. And, yeah. and he was like, yeah, imagine, you know, why would you ever choose that? Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. You would yeah. never choose that. Yeah. That's just the way you are. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, you know, it gets down to that thing. I say, of like, I say that same thing. I say the same exact thing. Like, why would you ever choose that? Why would you, then when, when people be like, man, yeah, it's, it's a choice. It's, it's a like, choice. well, it's fucking, like, why, why would, would you, you choose that? Why, why don't you just well, you choose? look at the circumstances. Why would, that, that's kind of actually the thing that it almost circles back to Rachel Dolezal. Like, why would you choose that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what but my wife but then it comes into this different world of like, yeah, but I think there's a fetishization, fet- whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I think a lot of white people fetishize the black community and they're like, oh, I want to be black and make yeah. it this thing. That's where I think that to me is a whole different thing. Yeah. But anyway, I, that, let's, let's, I grew up with dudes who were, I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> I, I grew up with dudes who, who had only known black. Like they were not like dudes who lived in the suburbs and who came down to, to be like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Dudes who grew up in the projects whose mom didn't have no money and who had to live there. And they were technically white dudes. And, but that's all they knew their whole lives. Right. Like was black culture. Like, and you know, they sometimes use the N word or whatever. And, and they got like a pass for it almost. Right, right, some right. people didn't always give them a pass, but they also were, as they got older, respectful enough to be like, that's not something that I should be saying. Like they figured it yeah, out. They yeah. figured it out. And it's not like they, this pride of like, I can say it because, because I which is up. a weird thing. Like a lot of, I, I don't know how often you witness this, but it's a, it's a weird thing. Like white people will do sometimes. Well, they'll be like, Oh, I can say it. I, yeah, Oh, check I it out. Up. I donate to the NAACP every year. And you're like, but, why yeah. do you want to say it? Yeah, why do you want to? Why is it's that? Like a thing? I'm Jewish, I can say kike as much as I want, but I don't particularly want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's but it's such a weird contest. <laughs> um, yeah. What was the next thing you're gonna? Right, right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so just in going back to comedy, and like we're gonna start to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, so you guys do this social stuff. Do you think like specifically with dealing with? therapy and, and mental health in the black community. It's a big problem. Um, so it's, I got two questions. One, how do you think comedy can help maybe address that? Mm-hmm. And two, like, this is a weird question, but do you think that that's something that needs to be addressed as a priority? Cause I'm, I'm wondering, like, obviously I, I think that, you know, mental health is at the root of a lot of things. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it, it impacts a lot of things. It can make a lot of things better. But it sounds like in the black community, there's a lot of stuff that directly impacts mental health, which then kind of surfaces this loop. And it's like, where mm-hmm. do you start? Where do you, you know start? I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what can you do to fix it? And what can comedy do? And, and, um, and I think we can start at the beginning. Well, what I like about comedy is I feel like laughter is, like, to be cliche, the best medicine. It is, yeah. I feel like if I, if I write something from the, the bottom of my heart, and the way I know how to express it is through comedy, and I put it up on stage, and people laugh at it, and I feel like it's a genuine laugh, and then they give me praises for it. I feel like they are saying to me, I go through this too, and it's good to be able to laugh about this, and you're not alone in this. You're not alone. We can talk about this, we can make fun of this, and we can that we use that as a way to heal it. Yeah, I feel like comedy is either you... Uh Either you're gonna yell what you're saying at somebody mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna be mad, yeah. or you say it in a laugh. It's yeah. like that's that's the thing. That's what comedy is. Is it's uh, 
I believe they should put therapy in schools. Uh-huh. Like they should have a therapist. Like counselors. Some, yeah, some we have counselors, but I used to, I didn't used to go talk to my counselor about issues that I was having. I used to go talk to my counselor about yeah, I'm getting a bad grade in this class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and yeah. she would call me in and be like, hey, what's going on with this? Like let's right, fix right. it. It wasn't like specifically no counselor. I remember to talk my about. my counselor in middle school was the meanest lady. Oh yeah. And I just never talked. Like I never that's wanted the worst to talk to her. Profession Cause her, she's a yeah. public school counselor. Like she has to deal with all these children. Like her computer is just loaded with kids. That would be amazing if they, if there was just like one person in a school and every day you just, or like once a week you pop in and just, they sit down and go, how are you? Yeah. That yeah. would be great. So they should do that. Also, I think that you should have like push more for black people to be counselors mm-hmm. and especially black women uh, yeah. because there's an identification with black women. We all love our moms. Like right. the, 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 and, and so I, I think that black women should, should do therapy more like, like go to school and study it and become therapists and go into schools and really like have multiple ones that you, that control like a small amount and, have like developed that trust and bond because a lot of things happen to black kids and they don't want to talk about because some because their parents are dealing with these issues they don't want to burden their parents with these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's working two jobs a day. I can't talk to him at twelve o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's being that like, stigma. Why am I feeling this way? Like he don't and he does care, but he don't know how to he don't know how to talk to you about and that. Like, and I, that's the like cycle. I said, I, yeah, the loop, I yeah, I never got the I never got the sex talk. I never got the like I never, I learned I learned sex from rap music, which oh, is man. why I constantly slap bitches. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but um. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 a I don't I don't even know where to start. I, mean, I don't have the answer. Yeah, like, but, I mean, but it's good yeah. to search for the answer. Yeah, to talk about it. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I, I got a few uh, quick things just to yeah. wrap up with. What uh, uh, what has been most helpful to you, like just in your life? Whenever you do have those moments of being down and out, being bummed, like what's what's gotten you through those? Comedy. Just comedy. Yeah. Just, just getting back up and watching doing it, it, doing it, uh, and then having friends that I can talk to about it. Yeah. Like I would. There, there are a couple of friends who, you know, suffer from things that we bounce stories off each other and mm-hmm. can kind of heal each other. And then you know, that that whole practice what you preach thing, because like it, you always you don't see it in yourself until you tell somebody else. Right. And then like I'm talking to a friend, I'm like, man, you going through this? You got you got to get up and do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. No way, man. I'm going through the same. I got to do that. I got to do that. Yeah, shit. exactly. And, I, and then I tell them like, hey, and I'm not just preaching this to you. I have to do this too. Oh man, the number of times I've told people you should start going to the gym, and then I go and play video games and go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Like you know what I mean? And then wake I'm up like, next morning, oh, and be like, man, why am I, I gaining like this garbage. weight? Yeah. Yeah. My pants don't fit. Yeah. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Ooh, man, that's a tough one. I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know. I've got I've gotten a lot of advice from a lot of great people over the world, over the years, and uh, my mom always tells me like always, listen to everybody. Yeah. Listen to everybody. Listen to anybody who has something to say. From the person you from Neil deGrasse Tyson to that homeless dude on the street who's mm. talking out his ass. Like, yeah. l- listen to everybody. You yeah. Don't you don't have to take Empathy. everything. You have to take everything. You take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Know what you're listening to, but listen to everybody. Yeah, don't cut off anybody. Good. Don't cut off anybody's talking. Yeah, I think so. Empathy. I, I, it's ironic that I interrupted you on that. Yeah. Don't cut off anybody's talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the empathy is 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 king. Yeah. I think, and like that's that's the most important thing. Uh, and on that note, I remember my, my dad. One of the, one of the best things he ever told me because I mean it's Father's Day. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, when we're recording this, this will not be obviously uploaded yeah. on Father's Day. But um, uh, my dad, one of the best things he ever said was like, nobody does anything thinking they're doing an evil thing. Yeah. Like. Every evil person 
so-called evil person thinks they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's the best way to start to solve anything is because otherwise yeah. you can't go into it thinking they think they're the good guy. They're not like no one yeah. does something to be. They're an justifying asshole. it. All those people who work at Monsanto and all that type of stuff. They think they're those doing. People don't get up there even when they have to, and they don't talk. They don't talk to the press. They don't give answers to why they do it. But they they go like this what is helping. This is something is good. Like I'm feeding my family. I'm doing yeah, exactly. it. Like they justify it. So that's that's there. the way to like tackle any problem. Yeah. Uh, what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Uh, don't use a condom. Yeah, that's that uh, was advice. That was <laughs> advice. That it feels better without. Te- I tell you one thing, uh, man. Like. You know you're going through something tough, but yeah. don't use a condom. Don't use a condom. It feels better. Uh, <laughs> do you think that all artists are uh, crazy in some capacity? Yeah. Everyone. I'm beginning to think that. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, in, in some sense. Yeah. Um, I think it's crazy to want to be looked at all the time. Yeah, I think there's <laughs> something strange there. And, and, and I, like, I go, why do I want this? What do I want out of this? I, I don't know if it's like I want And then that shyness like is kind of funny, too, as yeah. part of it. Because, like, I think that is a pretty common thing is, like, you can be up on stage and be real comfortable, but the minute you get off, it's like, yeah. oh, man. I oh, man, I'll write, a, I'll write a Facebook status, you know, that it's, like, profound or something. And I'll, and as I'm writing, I like, I'm going, like, I know this is going to get a lot of likes. Oh, and then it gets so 350 nice. likes. I'm like, I don't like this. It's too, <laughs> many, people, like, too many people. Too many people. Too many people. Too many people. And I like delete shit. Or I, like, so like, bizarre. I don't want it. Like, don't want to deal with it. Like, so it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to, to want to be seen and then not want to be seen. <laughs> what advice do you have for other people who are, you know, trying to get into comedy and, and maybe dealing with problems? Uh, get up and do it and, and open your heart. Uh, cause that's the, that's the way that, that's the best way to find your own voice. And that's the best way for everybody to listen to your voice and, and respect your voice. Like, op- like let everybody in on what you're going through. Even, even those guys who don't want to hear it and, and, and approach it in a way of, of not a, not an arrogance. Cause I feel like and we not were talking, not you an expertise. Ex- yeah. We were talking, we were talking about dudes who do stand up and are like, Oh, well, girlfriend broke up with me. And it's like, well, we don't want to hear about that dude, but. Tell us how it makes you feel. And I guarantee you, there's so much comedy in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually, I, I've been saying this, I haven't said it on the podcast yet, so this is a first, but yeah. I've been joking for a long time that I want to start an organization called Belittle Your Mental Health. Yeah. Because I, I think fundamentally that mental health problems uh, and how they affect us, just the way they work is funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's terrible, it's awful, it's, re- it's really affecting, but there's this thing of like, I mean, the things that make me depressed and anxious, like not getting a text back or maybe sending an email that I'm like, Oh, I forgot a period. I'm like, Oh, that's ridiculous. Like yeah. if that was a person, you would laugh at them. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a way I, I heal myself is yeah. just by being like, that's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, uh, Carl, thank you so much for being here. Uh, how can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at damn it, Carl D a M M I T C a R L, uh, white women comedy on Instagram or damn it, Carl on Instagram. Uh, and Why damn it, Carl? I just think it's funny. Go, damn it, Carl! That's like good. Just, people have said that to me in the past. Uh, I thought it was funny when I did it. I, I was, think it's pretty funny. I was younger. I was twenty years old. <laughs> like, yeah, it works. But uh, yeah, and uh, come to UCB Harold Night, Maud Night, Afros and Ass Women in the Second City every Friday and Saturday night at eight. Uh, and watch Mad TV premiering on July twenty sixth. Oh, I'm yeah. uh, I am a writer on that show. Damn right. Yeah. Oh, fuck, that's awesome. So, congrats. Yeah, thank you, man. All right, cool. All right, there you have it. That is episode six of It's All in Your Head. My thanks again to Carl Tart for being on the show. Uh, I hope this was eye-opening for you. 
and I hope you continue to research this. There's obviously we scratched the surface barely on this topic. There's so much, so much more to it and so much more you can look into. Uh, next week, we resume our regular programming of sad people talking about their sadness. <laughs> uh, my guest next week is uh, Nick Flanagan. He's a stand-up comedian from Toronto. So um, we get a little bit into Canadian stuff, which is nice for me. And uh, it's a good episode. He's a really funny, smart guy, so I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, I definitely enjoyed recording it. Thanks again to Jesse Morrison, sound editor. Get at him at at Borgdorg, B-O-R-G-D-O-R-G. My name is Eli Henry. Uh, if you want to find uh, us on Twitter, we are at InYourHeadPod. Uh, on Instagram, for some, some reason, we're on Instagram. If you want to see photos of the people that I talk to, uh, it's at It's All In Your Head Podcast. What else? Email. It's all in your head podcast at gmail.com. I'm just going to double check that I gave you the right Twitter because who the I mean, I don't know. I barely pay attention to this stuff. Uh, yeah, I was right. In your head pod. Great. Great. Follow us. Tweet us. Uh, and please, uh, finally, like, subscribe, uh, review this podcast. It's immensely helpful. Uh, and if you care about it, if you like it, share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. It's all in your head